Hi, I'm Tina Desiree Berg, and welcome to the 34th. The Department of Homeland Security has been putting federal agents at federal buildings in several cities in the United States of America to monitor the protests. The reason that they're using is that they're protecting federal property. But it seems that there are rumors that DHS agents have been picking up protesters, putting them in unmarked vans, and then driving off. So today we're going to speak with a protester that was picked up by a DHS agent in Portland, Oregon, and he's going to walk us through what happened. Welcome. Thank you. So first of all, what were the reasons you were there protesting? What was your main motivation for coming out and supporting Black Lives Matter? Well, I started protesting about a month ago for Black Lives Matter because I felt that it was very necessary for people, especially here in Portland, where uh, there has been, you know, deaths of African-American people, you know, unjustly by the Portland police. So I, I started protesting to, you know, make a stance. And I feel it's very important that people continue to protest, especially for Black Lives Matter until we do have actual reform uh, until there's actual cuts made in the budget, you know, and I feel that's why I continue to, to, to protest. So you've even been out protesting after your arrest by the federal agents? Yes, um, I had to be careful because I, you know, have uh, certain uh, regulations under my release, uh, but uh, I did, I, I do still do that. Well, let's, let's talk about how that went down. So you were, you were picked up by federal agents. What was, what was happening around you right before you were arrested? Yeah, so I was arrested on a Monday night. It was during a protest in front of the Justice Center in the federal courthouse. Uh, so I was arrested around one. Um, but what was happening, it was there were people throwing water bottles at the building. I myself wasn't. I was just there recording with my phone. Um, and I would say it was an overreaction from the from the DHS agents from what was happening. Nothing too chaotic. Uh, they didn't make any announcements or anything telling us to stop. So, uh, yeah, that's that's, that's actually important information. So they didn't say make an announcement, stop what you're doing. This is an unlawful assembly dispersed. They didn't do any of that. No, no. The uh, federal agents in all of my time protesting have not once actually made an announcement telling us to either disperse, to uh, move west, which is uh, which is common for the Portland police to say, uh, or just to, or even saying what we're doing is illegal. They they don't make any announcements. Hmm. So so some folks threw some water bottles. I but before that there had been I'm assuming some tear gas thrown by the agents, yes. the police department, rubber bullets. Yeah, yeah. Before that, there was tear gas. Federal agents came out earlier in the night, um, tear gassing us and uh, uh, shooting rubber bullets and paintballs. Uh, that night in particular, I remember I got I got gassed pretty bad twice. Um, but the Portland police weren't out at all that night. Um, it was just the federal agents. They were the Portland police was just in the Justice Center, you know, keeping quiet or whatever. Uh, but yeah. The federal agents were paintballing and rubber bullets and gassing a lot, but. So now when they came and arrested you, were, were they in any of these unmarked vehicles that we've heard about, or were they just walking out from behind the gates in front of the federal um, building? 
So me personally, I was arrested uh, like right in front of the federal courthouse. I was uh, off the sidewalk on the street in front of the federal courthouse. Uh, I was um, I wasn't put in any unmarked van because they just took me right into the federal courthouse when I was arrested. Okay. Yeah. So they cuffed you, brought you in, and they beat you too, is my understanding. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I um, was pretty badly beaten by a federal agent when I was arrested uh, with a baton. Um, there was pepper spray used on me too. Uh, I, I, yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, I can uh, tell you more about that if you want. Yeah, no, we, we obviously yeah, there's litigation pending and, and you're under charges. So yeah. only, only share information with us that is safe to yeah. share. Uh, so how many federal agents were there, would you say, number wise? Um, in total, like in total, and uh, then how many came and arrested you? Okay, um, there was probably a good twenty-five, maybe, uh, around the federal courthouse, like right in front. There's probably a good twenty-five, I'd say, maybe more. And when I was getting arrested personally, I think it was about like three people, wow. three agents. Were they using the uh, zip ties on the wrists? Yes. Okay. Yes. And how many folks got arrested with you? It wasn't just you, I'm assuming? Yes. Um, that night, there was four others arrested with me. And you had absolutely done nothing illegal, nothing. You weren't throwing water bottles. You were just there protesting no. with your phone camera. Yes, yes. I had my, that's why I believe I was targeted too, is I had my camera out. And actually, when I was like getting beaten, like I, I could tell that they wanted the camera, which is right. so, so like I dropped it and, you know, put my, hands behind my head, you know. And did, they, did they, after you put your hands behind your head, did they hit you again? Yeah, um, I remember uh, the whole time I was getting arrested, uh, like obviously happened very quickly. Um, uh, yeah. So I didn't have that much time to react or say anything, but I did say two words the whole time I was getting arrested and that was, I surrender. Um, and their response to that was shut the fuck up. And then he, uh, put the, his uh, baton behind my head. And I like, I was like, you know, stomach to the ground. And he was like, made me shake my head asking if I like, understood, you know? So that, that, those are the only two words I said. Wow. And did he have a name badge on his uniform? Did he have a number, any sort of identification? I, I mean, I wish he did. I, I couldn't see anything though. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, it's very confusing. Um, when, once you get arrested, it's ex extremely hard to find out who actually arrested you. Um, you know, like there's, it's just even like on the documents that they give us, and I think there's like two different names, like for booking and for who actually arrested you, this and that. You know, they just, it's very hard. They don't, you know, actually want to help you. So after you were arrested, you were brought into the federal courthouse. What happened then? Mm -hmm. Uh, well, I was uh, dragged into the federal courthouse and I was put in a cell with one other protester and we stayed there for about maybe four hours until they took us over to the uh, to the Justice Center, mm -hmm. um, to the the sheriff's office, I'm pretty sure. And that's where that we got booked. And then later on, we got taken back to the federal courthouse. So the entire time they were holding you there, the three or four hours you were at the courthouse before you were booked, did they try to question you at all? No, they didn't. They didn't question any of the protesters because we were obviously talking with each other. Um, they didn't question any of us. Uh, they, I didn't get any like medical attention, nothing. They even knew I had asthma. 
because they uh, they found my inhaler in my bag when they were searching my stuff. Which is and, quite dangerous uh, if there's tear gas being thrown. Yeah, they even admitted that to me. They were like, they were like, man, dude, you can't be out here protesting if you have asthma. Like, that's gonna that's gonna really mess up your lungs. It's tear gas. And I was like, uh, yep. <laughs> you know, and my response to that is like, maybe you shouldn't be throwing tear gas yeah. at protesters. But I guess that would be a conversation for a different day. Let me ask you this. Yeah, right. Let me ask you this. So you're in there three or four hours. Did and they didn't? Did they present you with charges at that time, or you guys were absolutely just sitting there, not wondering uh, or wondering what was going to happen next? Um. So we got presented with charges probably near the end of that that little thing. We got we t- we talked with somebody. Um. It wasn't. We didn't talk with any of the uh, the actual officers that arrested us. It was. It was. I'm pretty sure, like an attorney. Uh, and they just okay. said, like, this is what you're getting charged with. Uh, okay. Yeah. My guess is that the National Lawyers, Lawyers Guild had attorneys there present to handle yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, yeah, they've been real great. Yeah, they're great. Um, wow, that's crazy. So did you did you and the other protesters, were you wondering why they weren't questioning you? Because it seems odd to me that they would place you guys in cells like this for hours on end yeah. and not take advantage of that and want to question you or want to look for information. Or my other thought is, do you think they were trying to get into your phones they confiscated? Um, that's that's a good possibility. I know they still they I don't I haven't gotten my property back yet. Um, uh, I, I mean, I assumed the reason why they kept us was to wait to see if they can get any other protesters that night so they can bring us all over together. Um, I mean, my I thought about it for a while of why they didn't question us. Um, but like, honestly, I think I why they didn't question us was because they already knew what they were going to charge us with. They knew why they knew what they were going to do to us. It was, you know, clockwork to them. They didn't, they didn't care about why we were there. They didn't, cause they, they had all the, you know, evidence they needed, you know, they already charged us. They don't, they didn't care whether or not we right. were innocent or not. So what did they ultimately charge, charge you with? What were the charges? Um, so I got two charges, uh, Failure. The first one was failure to obey a lawful order from a you know, federal agent, uh, and the second one was disorderly conduct on federal property. Uh, the first one is really interesting. That was what I got initially charged with, right? Uh, because they they never make any orders. So that's exactly my thought. If they never told you to disperse or to leave or any of those, if they never gave those orders, how could they turn around yeah. and say that you didn't follow the orders that weren't given? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, there was never any orders. I never even, I never resisted. Uh, I was just, you know, I, I lived, when I, once I noticed the federal officers were coming out of the building and rushing people, you know, and I noticed, you know, obviously they were pretty aggressive in that way. I heard a couple flashbangs. I saw tear gas. Uh, the, I started walking with my hands up. Uh, and I was like, well, I think this is time for me to leave. Um, uh, but then that's when I noticed uh, an officer rushing me with a baton out. So, yeah, yeah. So he was already coming to get you. It was too late to leave. Um, yeah. Wow. So that's crazy. So now you, I'm assuming you have an attorney representing you. Do they find yeah. it to be a problem with that first charge that they didn't give orders to disperse? Um, it seems like they are giving these charges to all the protesters. Mm-hmm. So uh, my lawyer, I'm pretty sure, has already seen this. Uh, and uh is probably well is well aware that they haven't been uh you know actually giving orders uh but it's going to be hard to fight these charges because they're federal 
Uh, so like the prosecutors are really going to be going after the protesters. Which is unfortunate. Um, yeah. Are, are, are either of these charges, uh, charges felonies or are they both misdemeanors? They're both misdemeanors. Um, I was told that in the future that the prosecutor might like try to threaten a felony just to, you know, try to scare us into submission. But uh, that's, but for now, they're just, they're class C misdemeanors. Okay. Yeah. You know, it seems to me actually that this is just a, a force of intimidation. I would imagine that they understand that the only benefit that they're going to get from this is maybe if we scare enough these protesters are off, they're not going to come back. But it also seems to me that that these these actions have only emboldened the protesters and there's more pro protesters showing up now to support each we, other. I, I completely agree. Um, they're like under the conditions of all of our uh, release was uh, we're not allowed within five blocks of the federal courthouse and uh, we have a 10 p.m. curfew uh, because they don't want us out there protesting. They don't want us, you know, exercising our rights. Right. Uh, which is like it's it's all scare tactics, even the the charges. Uh, they're class C misdemeanors. They're federal. But like my lawyer has never seen a class C misdemeanor in a federal case before. Oh, you that's know, interesting. Uh, because a class C misdemeanor is basically a step above a parking ticket. You know, they're <laughs> right. like disorderly conduct. I could have gotten disorderly conduct from being in a parking lot at the wrong time you know it's they're all very small charges but since they're federal that's what like they're trying to scare us with yeah uh, oh, absolutely um, absolutely yeah. so, I mean, the it's not really working though. no it's not working which is good the department i think people should think about the fact that the department of homeland security was created with the patriot act right this is a was a brand new law enforcement division and they took on the duties that had already pre-existed under other law enforcement divisions mm -hmm. it was sold to the american public as uh security against terrorism, right? But now we have ICE that are, you know, they're rounding up immigrants. We have these actions going on in various cities across the country where they're absolutely trying to stifle your First Amendment right. And I can't help but think that part and parcel to the Patriot being an absolute infringement on our First Amendment rights, so is this. And at some point as a nation, we're gonna have to look at this and decide what's more important to us. I don't think we've gotten any gained any security from DHS. I think we have lost many of our rights, though. Would you feel that after your experience that that's prob probably about right? Yes, I would definitely agree. Uh, when I was uh, detained, when I was in their custody, I was I felt personally I was like, man, I I just was baffled by the state of the country that we're in right now, and I just I couldn't believe it. You know, I I felt. You know violated i felt like i didn't have my rights because yeah. i didn't do anything wrong in my eyes and i felt like i didn't commit any crimes and i i couldn't do anything i mean the whole time we were in federal uh custody before we got to the actual justice center we weren't allowed to call anyone like they never whenever we got arrested the, the federal agents never tell us our rights they they never say the miranda rights once wow. okay uh to any of the protesters uh that was uh, always the case. Um, they just, you know, lock you up and you don't know why you're there. And I feel like that that's to, to the fact that America got there, the fact that they're federal agents, you know, they're federal agents, you know, straight from Trump, you know, that and that's just terrifying. It is terrifying. It's it's a form of fascism as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So they didn't read your Miranda rights when you were brought into the courthouse. Did they read them when you were booked? When I was booked, 
No. The closest thing I got to my Miranda rights was when I was getting arraigned. And I okay. was just but uh which was that hours was the, later. Which was which was uh probably about like thirteen or fourteen hours later. So how long were you held in custody custody for total? Um probably around fourteen hours, fifteen hours. I was booked at about like one, one thirty AM and then I got out the next day at around four thirty PM. Wow. And so in that entire time they never brought you any medical attention whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And what no, were other, no. some of the injuries that you endured besides I know you were hit uh, on the head with a baton. What what are some of the other yeah. things? Uh I got hit on the head with the baton. Um there, I did have some bruises and uh, but I also was bleeding from my arm from when I first I think that I'm pretty sure I got that from when I hit the concrete when I first got hit. Um it was bleeding from my arm. You know, there was like a line of blood. Uh, I also just suffered from like some minor bruises and scrapes, but it was mainly my head injury and my uh, arm injury that I was concerned with. Well, yeah, I mean, you could have had a concussion if they hit you hard enough with the baton. It, it's a yeah. little bit unacceptable that they didn't get you medical. And they also didn't obviously offer you uh, the right to call an attorney at that point. No, they didn't. But I'm wondering if the NGL attorneys already knew that this was happening. And they, it sounds like they may have been working on your behalf prior to even realizing that that was happening. Yeah, I think they, they do that a lot. I was with uh, at the protest. I was with a couple friends. And once they uh, noticed that I was missing, obviously, uh, that's probably that was probably the first thought, like was that I was arrested by federal agents. Um, and the first thing they did was call the NLG. Um, because uh, even like if, uh, which I'll recommend to protesters later on, but like if one of your friends goes missing, the first people that you can call is the NLG and they'll right. know if you're in federal custody or not. That's if you right. call the Portland police, which uh, my parents actually tried to do once I finally got in contact with them, uh, they don't know anything. Like you can call the Portland police, hey, uh, I think my son got arrested by federal agents. They don't have that information or can't give it out. So it's extremely hard to find me. Your parents must have been beside themselves, not knowing where you were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they. I called them at like five thirty in the morning uh, from the uh, justice center. But once they tried to, after that, they tried to find me. You know, by calling the Portland police, by calling, like they would just transfer them to different agencies, uh, but they wouldn't actually get anywhere, and it was in, it was basically impossible to find me. That's crazy. Um, now, did you notice any other detainees with injuries? Um, I didn't. There was one other detainee that she uh, suffered. She had a lot of bruises, but the main thing is that she was actually sexually assaulted when she was a uh, um, when she was arrested, uh, and it was just it was terrible. Uh, also, there was two lawyers also that was locked up with me. Um, but she, uh, she was one of the lawyers, but it was, it was pretty bad. She was, uh, she told me all about it. Um, I even saw the bruises on her. She's like four, seven, she's petite, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like she's an actual threat. So she was obviously unlawfully locked up. Um, but she had like a handprint on her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She had a handprint on her, like a, a bruise. Uh, there was a bunch of bruises all around her. It was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. 
And she actually even tried to, uh, when we, once we were in police custody, she went up to the, the, the officers and she was like, I want to know the name of the officer that arrested me because I want to know who's, who put these bruises on me. And the officer, it was a female officer too. She couldn't, I could tell she wanted to help, but she couldn't, you know, she was like, I wish I could help you. I don't know the name of the officer because they don't know anything. Even the, the Portland police don't know anything that the federal agents do. An absolute nightmare. What, uh, what other things did you see while you were in lockup over there that are important? Well, when I was in federal custody, um, there was a, I mean, they were all kind of hiding their identities, which I thought was very interesting. Um, also just the fact that they weren't telling us anything that was going on while it was going on. Mm -hmm. They just kind of was like, you know, dragging you around, you know, then they put you in cuffs and put you in ankle cuffs, uh, and just like, you don't know anything that's going on. Uh, they put you in ankle cuffs when you were inside the federal courthouse? Yes. Yeah. When I was in my cell, even, uh, I still had ankle cuffs on. Um, but yeah, they didn't. Was that they, necessary? They treated, I mean, I mean, I thought what was really ridiculous was just how, well, A, like they probably searched me a good, like 10 times total the whole night. Uh, and they, um, they put so many like restraints on us, you know, they put the ankle cuffs and then when we were getting transferred, they put the, you know, just the regular handcuffs and the ankle cuffs. And then they put like a, one of those, uh, chains around your torso. Are like, you kidding me? uh, nah, like it was, it was very, it was so ridiculous just because of how we were treated. Like we were like terrorists basically. Right. Well, they are treating you like terrorists. It's, it's absolutely insane. Yeah. that This is what's going on. That is just, wow. Shocking to me that they would put ankle bracelets in. I know exactly these change of time. So you guys were all connected yeah, yeah. together as they were taking you to the van. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, let me ask you this. You've gone out and protested since then. So obviously you're maintaining this thing where you're five blocks away. Yeah. All of that stuff. Um, do you think that the ultimate end game is if they get another people, enough people under these parameters, they think that they're going to get dispersed of the protests and that they're going to end? Because I don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't see that happening either. Like, funny enough, like my, what happened to me, like, I know people that have gone out, like that haven't been going out because they were just amazed that it would happen to someone, I guess. So I guess in their world, right? you know, when it happens to, when something horrible like that happens to someone you personally know, or you have had an experience with that amazed that it's, it's out of their world. I mean, right. because they're federal agents. So I uh, actually, I know people, it, it inspires more people to go out and protest when they do things like this. Right. Instead of actually suppressing it, you know? Right, right. Understood. So now they kept your iPhone or you don't know where it is. It got lost in the yeah. shuffle one or the other. Do you know that that's been the case with other detainees where they've kept personal property? Um, yeah, I've been told that the federal agents have been keeping all the iPhones. The iPhones in particular? iPhones in particular, um, not, I don't think they're keeping Samsung's or anything like that, but because they're trying to keep all the iPhones so they can get a warrant. To That's open. right. My guess is they're probably going to try to get a FISA court to yeah. unlock the iPhones because Android has, um, iPhone protects your privacy. They haven't handed this stuff over to the feds. Android has, I'm, I'm guessing that would be a good summation of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Google has complied while Apple hasn't. 
let me ask you this. So you've gone through this crazy experience. It seems like it's emboldened you to, to carry on and to keep fighting for your First Amendment rights because you understand how important that is, uh, which is amazing because you're a young kid. Uh, do you do you have advice for other protesters that have not experienced this and ways that they should protect themselves? Yeah, um, I would feel like I would I would I wish I could say know your rights, but with federal agents, that's it's very hard to actually know your rights because they can take them away so quickly. Uh, but to protesters in general, I would say that you would you always have to be with a group. You can't be alone because in like in my case too, I'm thankful that I had my group of people because they they called the NLG. They there's people you know that are waiting for you or know that you're missing. You know there it's there's a lot of important factors that that go into staying in a group. And if you don't have a group, go out there and make one because trust me, the the protesters, they're so friendly. They are, they are honestly, they're some of the best people I've ever met. Um, so if you don't, if you go to a protest, you don't have a ride home, someone will give you a ride home. Right. Um, uh, I would say face masks are very important, not just for, uh, not just for gas, but for also high, like protecting your identity because there's a lot of dumb people with That's cameras right. out there. Um, that's right. Uh, which is a great, a great combo. But, uh, but the face masks, I would also say, try to find goggles, keep eye wash with you. Um, a lot of like, just be very safe and careful. Um, if things start to turn chaotic, the later, the later it is at night, the more, the more, uh, I would say, um, what's the word? I would say brave, not brave. Um, bold. The federal uh, agents bold. get yeah. the yeah, more, yeah, more bold, bold the federal agents get mm-hmm. the more they they try to actually you know snatch and grab you even if you're not doing anything wrong um so i'll just say the later it gets you should be more careful um maybe stay away from the front lines a little bit more if, if you say don't have the right protection um so i would say very be careful um also um i would recommend actually Unless you plan on recording a lot, I would recommend not bringing your phone out because uh, a lot of people don't bring their phone out to protest. I wish I didn't that night. Um, so I still have. Perhaps, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, also, I would recommend not bringing your wallet or anything super important with you because, like in my case, you know, I don't have my stuff back, and they have my house keys. They have all of our stuff. They don't Why give didn't they back. give you back your keys? That seems kind of strange. To yeah, you. they didn't even they didn't even give me back my shoes. Um, we like walked out of the um, courthouse in like these these prison slides they gave us. Yeah, uh, yeah I know exactly but, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, they didn't give out like they knew that they had our keys, and like, hmm. uh, and it's funny they like kind of like they act like we when we leave that like we're like totally fine or something like okay so you guys have a uh, rides waiting for you right and it's like uh no um when will we have a call when will we have called someone to pick us up right now uh when will we have known that we were getting released at this time uh, it's just it's like it's funny that way yeah 100 percent. i'm surprised they didn't when i was arrested they at least gave me my property back but that's I wonder why they would hold on to your personal property. Other than, the iPhone's obvious, right? But the other well, actually, um, the reason why they're holding on to our personal property, at least for like, uh, it's suppo- they're only supposed to hold it for like about a week or whatever. Oh, um, okay. uh, but like the reason why they are is because they wanna they they wanna search our stuff to try to find more charges to put on us. Uh, so that's why they keep it so they can try to 
find something. I don't know. That's why they want to get into your phones too. And that's why they want to get into your phones. contacts. They want to see who else yep. they can. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, you know, on the, on the unfortunate side, they've now issued subpoenas in Seattle against journalists to try to get their unpublished footage. And I know for oh, wow. me, speaking for myself, if they sent me a subpoena to do that, I would prefer to go to jail before I handed them anything. And I think that's probably the case with most journalists, but that doesn't mean they're not going to try. So, but this is where yeah. we're at. This is, this is the level of sort of anti-First Amendment right fascism we're facing right now. And it's very dangerous. It is. It is. It's terrifying. You know, it's that terrifying. They, if they get in my phone, they are going to go after my friends. You know, they're going to go after a lot of people. They're going to go, they're going to have a lot of stuff that, you know, people don't want. That's my, you know, property, you know, yeah, it's your privacy. That it's, you know, and it's getting completely violated for me standing up for what I believe is right for me exercising my rights.